0: Hello and welcome to another edition episode of the Innovation Journal. I am your host, Dr. Ernesto Pogobartin. Today I'll be looking at sustainable finance. What are the implications and opportunities for the journey to the next uh, zero financial sector? So, um, we are in changing times, you know, the the framework, the policy environment uh, governing climate change and the financial sector is evolving rapidly, various countries have adopted climate change legislation that have set legally binding new zero targets. Uh, businesses will need to translate these policies and what it means for them, and where investments will need to be made to meet those targets so if we are to survive as businesses within this changing environment what do we need to look at these are some of the things that i'll be uh, talking about in this particular episode of innovation channel so as i've already said environmental planning and policy making is involving environmental plans that establish new governance frameworks on how the environment will be managed in line with binding targets improving natural environment such as waste management, air quality, biodiversity and plastics have been put in place. Zero waste policies, uh, plastic bans and restrictions on the production of certain chemicals have become very common. Early and effective uh, engagement of various stakeholders including indigenous communities in the implementation and realization of these environmental objectives. Have also been laid out. Businesses need to identify how their operations will fit into these new governance frameworks. You know, the in all this, the financial sector has a role to play. As financiers and product providers, the financial sector has a very important role to play in the quest for net zero emissions. They can improve their own operations or those of their clients through the products they offer and the requirements that they impose. The world in which the financial sector operates uh, is changing too. Various jurisdictions including the United States, Europe, and Africa, uh, Canada have introduced sovereign bonds meant to mobilize additional funds. also worked closely with financial institutions in the disbursement of pandemic recovery stimulus packages so this has positioned the financial sector as a true and big engine of sustainable uh, development another change that offers an opportunity for the financial sector is the introduction of more robust environmental disclosures uh, disclosure standards as I've discussed in the previous episode about financial risk disclosures, there is concern that um, of and lack of transparency in the disclosure of risk is a, a very significant threat to the stability of the global financial sector and by extension its ability to support uh, the transition to net zero. So, many jurisdictions and financial regulators, including those in the United States, uh, have introduced mandatory disclosure rules that are akin to the uh, tax force on climate-related disclosures requirements. This will require new governance and putting arrangements, as well as scenario uh, capacity. Beyond new uh, risk disclosures uh, requirements, jurisdictions such as Europe and Canada have also introduced green taxonomies to define what is green and what investments qualify. According to the European uh, Union, such taxonomies have become necessary to avoid greenwashing and also provide a common language for those that are seeking to drive change. These taxonomies uh, also highlight Policy areas where investments uh, could be directed to align with jurisdictional priorities. So, in the midst uh, and in the context of all this changing environmental, uh, legal, and uh, reporting requirements, businesses would need, or the financial services sector would need to be adapted. You need to be uh, uh, aware of, and would need to have the capacity to respond to some of these changes that are in in the pipeline so the changes in the policy and financial environment within which businesses and financial services operate are having or will have implications going forward this includes increased risk of stranded assets and litigation for negligence abdication of fiduciary uh, responsibility or inadequate uh, environmental action i've already said that. Uh, with recent court cases in the Netherlands so, uh, that highlight government's ability or that focuses on the government's the need for government to act and the fact that failure to act could lead to uh, successful litigation, uh, it's, it's a game changer. And this unprecedented um, rulings all signal that unless action is taken, governments and businesses will be in trouble. Well, in response to this leaders in both government and business must act accordingly. Here are a few examples of specific actions that can be taken. The first thing that businesses that are facing these new changes uh, in regulatory and policy environments can do is to change their mindset. There is a need to change mindsets. The finance system should not only fund sustainable activities but be greener in the way it looks at all actions this includes making sure actions are aligned with the Paris agreement targets and national zero waste or uh, biodiversity objective the reason is that going forward businesses that take actions seriously would be considered as better run and less risk which in turn will make them more attractive to uh, investors The second thing that uh, financial services sector would have to look at is to understand the transition risks. Financial business leaders need to understand the risks that transition to a low-carbon future poses to the operations and bottom line. For instance, some jurisdictions like California have banned fossil fuel cars by 2030. You have uh, the UK also banning, you have uh, Germany, you have all these European entities and countries that are coming out with bans on fossil fuel cars by 2030. In some areas, you also have uh, plastics that have been declared pollutant in a recent study, a scientific study or the, uh, that was commissioned by the federal government in Canada, they identified plastics as uh as a pollutant and to that extent the government actually is working under the Canadian Environmental Protection to declare this as a pollutant and when it is declared as a pollutant then it gives the government the ability to make all these changes and to classify it and treat it as uh, toxic and once that is done it can be banned and if that is banned then those that are in that industry and those communities that depend on that particular industry will need to figure out a way to uh, respond to that transition so that there are risks that are involved, and businesses need to look at that. Um, also, you have in uh, some areas where the landfilling of food has been prohibited. If you look at uh, France, for instance, uh, sending uh, food or restaurant uh, waste to landfills and bans. Uh, my understanding is that in Ontario, come 2022, they're about uh, the uh, Landfilling of organic and food waste is going to be banned as well. This means that businesses that are operating in these sectors will need to adjust. They need to adjust. And if they adjust, then they would be getting early mover advantages. Uh, Finance companies may also need, uh, need to divest. In fact, some have started doing so, including BlackRock and Rabobank. They all started divesting from some of these critical areas where they feel that it's not contributing to the net zero targets that many jurisdictions, countries have set for themselves. So producers uh, would have to expand extended producer responsibility capacity, you know, because if there are mandates and zero uh, waste targets that have been set, then those that are producers uh, would have to find a way to meet these expanded producer responsibility requirements. Companies will need to look at the impact of these pronouncements on their cash flow, on their balance sheets, also how will technology affect the risk? Other risks include climate changes which will disrupt supply chains, and this must be planned for. Uh, articulating what the risks are, and the responses envisaged on the balance sheet, cash flows, and will be of great interest to investors and stakeholders. Another thing that uh, the financial services sector ought to look at is understanding the science of climate change. It should be a priority for businesses. Businesses leaders should learn about how climate uh, works in order to separate fact from fiction. Uh, it is very very common for people to, you know, confuse global warming with climate change. And the skeptics will always point to the science being unsettled. It is up to uh, business leaders in this era of fake news to differentiate between what is fact and what is fiction. Uh, the uh, this message is clearly being driven by regulators like the Bank of Canada, which in its uh, 2021 financial systems review. Identify high household debt and the mispricing and underestimation of climate risk as the biggest risk to Canada's financial system. The uh, other step that business uh, leaders uh, in the financial services sector can do in response to or as we all move towards uh, the um, uh, net zero target is to uh, plan to optimize opportunities. The transition to a low carbon future offers significant opportunities for new jobs, uh, for energy and economic sectors. The adoption of uh, circular economy practices and investment in natural infrastructure and restoration offers opportunities. You know, you can, the people that build all these new uh, renewable infrastructure, those that look at natural uh, solutions, the revamping of stormwater ponds, the building or reconstruction of wetlands, all these provide opportunities for jobs. And also you look at the transitioning of those that are already in the um, fossil-based industry, like oil patching or Alberta, for instance, could be moved into uh, fitting uh, pipes and changing uh, systems so as to allow hydrogen infrastructure to be laid. Uh, all these restoration opportunities uh, for jobs. Uh, this much um, was conveyed at the recent U.S. Uh, Climate Leadership Summit, where it was stated that the clean energy market alone would, is estimated to reach about $23 trillion in 2030. So businesses must plan to leverage these opportunities. They can do so by investing in critical technologies, helping create and scale clean electricity, making hydrogen available. I've talked about hydrogen in my other episodes where I look at the big hydrogen market and how it is being factored into the uh, the, the European and American uh, decarbonization strategies. So if the uh, businesses and financial services sector invest in critical technologies, uh, help they can help create and scale Electricity and make hydrogen available, uh, promote carbon capture and sequestration, they can also help decarbonize the aviation sector, trucks and cars and producing zero carbon fuels and supporting climate smart agriculture. So businesses need to or uh, financial services need to optimize the opportunities that the transition offers and uh, if they are able to help with the decarbonizing the aviation sector, for instance, uh, that would open doors uh, and create more jobs, trucks and cars. Uh, to do if we produce fuel smart, Agriculture currently, the waste that is in the uh, agricultural sector is causing all these. bone food, about 50% of food is actually wasted. If uh, businesses of financial services could look into uh, reducing agricultural waste or even food waste and making sure that uh, the types of food and agricultural systems that are in place are climate uh, friendly and do not uh, destroy the environment, then the opposition. themselves for success. The transition to a low carbon future, which I believe has already begun, uh, offers opportunities as well as risk. Uh, governments and jurisdictions uh, have announced or implemented policies and regulatory frameworks to aid this transition and transformation. Uh, businesses, I would say, including the financial services, have a role as well as a responsibility to respond and ensure that their stakeholders benefit from or are not harmed by these initiatives Uh, in doing so we at uh, innovation uh, believe there are a number of actions that they can take uh this includes changing mindsets as i've already said uh understanding the risk that transition poses to their business and bottom line and putting in place adequate uh, governance and capacity arrangements Business should also uh, balance the three pillars of sustainability. It means that we look at the environmental, uh, the social and economic dimensions of uh, actions and undertakings. Uh, Maintaining social sustainability means that uh, maintaining the long-term well-being of the community that they work in by prioritizing the well-being of people Uh, whether they are employees, whether they are shoppers or dwellers of countries impacted by the operations and supply chains uh, and supporting environmental sustainability. This means uh, businesses should live within the means of natural resources. Businesses make decisions and investments that reduce environmental impacts. That is environmental sustainability. So for instance, by reducing plastics pollution, and promoting regenerative agriculture, Uh, we would be, businesses would be promoting environmental sustainability and would be positioning themselves as such. When we talk about uh, economic sustainability in this regard, we are looking at businesses using resources efficiently uh, to deliver sustainable performance. So, for instance, we reduce food waste and we secure financial sustainability. Climate change, as we know it, will continue to be a priority. Uh, So businesses will need to factor this into their operations. As I've already said, supply chain vulnerabilities uh, will need to be addressed through resilience planning. Businesses will need to do similar things with their operations and decarbonize their supply chains. Efficiency improvements and need for financial savings will be key drivers in a post-COVID era. Businesses must look for opportunities to achieve these objectives. And um, at Innovation General, we believe that the time is now because those that take action will enjoy early mover advantages that others will not. And this is something that businesses are very much aware of and some have already taken action. In the end, the for a low carbon transition offers opportunities as well as risks. Those who take advantage of it will enjoy and position themselves well for their future. So ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of our episode of discussion on financial sector and its role in the road to net zero.